Welcome to the Talking Recruitment Podcast from the REC. Every week we look at all the latest insights, perspectives and experiences from across our diverse recruitment industry. Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest edition of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. My name is Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive. Delighted to have you along again for another one of our pod adventures. Lots going on across the industry at the moment, real sense of that bounce back post uh, uh, recession uh, going on a pace, lots of very positive uh, economic tracking data out from the REC over the last uh, couple of weeks. A couple of things to mention before we get into the meat of today's podcast for your for REC corporate members. The election of our uh, new board director is in the field now. You will have had an email from our provider Civica with your ballot paper. Please do use that. We are, after all, your uh, organization and this is the way to make sure that we have the the best uh, selection of REC members on our board uh, guiding the work that I and all of your REC team does. If you'd like to know more about how things are going and also receive a great economic briefing do uh, sign up to come along to the REC AGM and economic briefing on June the 23rd obviously all virtual and online and that's a mere warm-up by comparison to our annual conference REC Live 2021 which is on June the 29th fantastic lineup of speakers all about how we bounce back as an industry from where we've been for the for the last year and again all available to you online virtually do check it out on the REC website and come along places of course free for REC members now let's uh, turn to uh, our guest for today. Uh, I'm really uh, delighted uh, uh, to welcome Gary Wills along. Gary and I recently shared the mic on a Moneybox Live talking about how the, the labour market's uh, changing. But I think Gary's journey over the last year can tell us a lot about how we've pulled together as an industry and, and some optimism for the for the future. So first of all, Gary, thank you for joining us on the pod today. Hi, Neil. You well? I, I am. Yes, I'm. I, I, I'm. All, I always have a little bit of a, a spring in my step when we get into uh, into June. There's a little bit of uh, uh, of warmth in the sun and uh, beginning to think about uh, maybe even ha- uh, having a few days away this summer. Oh, nice! And getting the barbecue out as well, definitely. Uh, Absolutely. Of course, uh, as a Scotsman, my uh, my mood is going to diminish rapidly as we get into June and uh, Scotland produce after waiting 30 years for it, a very traditional uh, performance in the group stage of the Euros, no doubt. Um, <laughs> we're delighted to to have you on the pod today. I think it's really important just to start with your story over the last uh, few uh, the last few months, because um you uh, uh, you found yourself on furlough at the beginning of all this, and then what you were doing took a quite an interesting turn, didn't it? On in, in terms of the discussions you were having. Yeah, so um, I find myself furloughed at the beginning of the uh, the pandemic, around April, I think it was, um, and it, it was it was a tough period. You know, you 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 go through a sort of level of uncertainty as to whether you're going to be recalled. You know, what's going to happen? How long is this going to go on for? And I just decided that, you know, rather than being negative, um, I, I wanted to be positive about it and try and do something that could maybe have a bit of a positive positive impact. Um, initially, um, I, I did a, a little charity fund run where I ran from Nightingale, London to Nightingale, Birmingham on my treadmill uh, for the NHS charities together. And 
um, <laughs> it was quite bizarre. I woke up one morning and um, it was on Lorraine ITV and uh, I didn't even know. <laughs> Lorraine on ITV was talking about it, which was quite surreal with my face on the big screen. So um, it, it went really well, but it gave me the confidence to maybe think on that treadmill challenge, you know, what could be next? What could I do with the timeout? My, my furlough on the final day of it actually got extended as well. So I, I decided to set up a non-for-profit support group called uh, Furlearn, um, where every week I uh, and, and the team um, hosted sessions to give people real life skills that they often don't get in the workplace. And people maybe on furlough or job searching can have that sort of support and that um, uh, some advice and guidance to get their mental well-being at a sort of better, a better level. Uh, so anything from sleep gurus to uh, polar explorers talking about self-isolation uh, to growth mindset experts to Mr. Motivator Derek Evans, you know, just doing a live workout for us. It was absolutely incredible. And and we still host them now. We've hosted 40 sessions so far. And it's fascinating because, uh, you know, I did a, a, a webinar when uh, for REC members when it was uh, Men uh, Mental Health Awareness Week recently. And we were talking a lot about with Hazel Craig and Michelle Flynn who joined us on that uh, about preparing people for the return to normality whether they've been working at home or uh, they've been on furlough and the anxiety that ha might has built up with people in through the last year so that sense of furlough and giving some purpose and also some relevance back to the workplace uh, mm -hmm. must have been a powerful force for for lots of people you were working with. It, it was, to be fair, we, we ran an exercise in, I think it was, um, well, it was later on, it was earlier on in, in 2020. And, um, and we basically took the form, uh, the mental form of people. And when they joined the group, there were a 5.5. Uh, but within three months of being within the group, we noticed that their their mental form had improved to a 7.7. .7. So, so we, we realized that when you have that sense of purpose and maybe you've got that community, like the power of a community, was just imperative you know it's just so so important um and, and it really just took off we you know we partnered with google digital garage uh, which was a real sort of poignant moment for us so we could get some extra content being pushed out we had support from linkedin and we, we we've really like spoken with the best speakers you know out there um and giving people just that, that confidence that they need and we, we were blown away when we were nominated for a couple of awards at the uh, prestigious Learning and Performance Institute, the Learning Awards. And, you know, we we were quite, um, we, we weren't sure, you know, how, how we would perform, how we would do, because we were up against the likes of AstraZeneca, Fujitsu, Lloyds Bank. Um, but we were delighted to win two golds there. Um, and um, yeah, it was uh, that, that, you know, has been the biggest uh, achievement in, in my career, you know, to um, to see, you know, something from just an idea from a concept create, um, yeah, major sort of achievement and help many people. I think there's uh, a lot of, uh, there'll be a lot of warm feelings in our listenership about uh, recruiters just getting things done and, and competing with the bigger guys uh, on effort and uh, an understanding there. So congratulations on, on, on those awards. Um, and I, I think that community that you've created around for Learn speaks to a lot of what I've observed in the industry over the last year of, you know, as all just helping each other out through an on an unprecedented time and helping people stay in the game and think about what's next and adapt and change. 
yeah. what's your what's your thinking about where Furlearn itself goes from here? What's uh, as, as we normalise? Is it a is it a thing that was of its moment in the pandemic with uh, furlough, or is it something that's that do you think is going to have some legs? I think it will have some legs. We're we're in conversations at the minute to make it an, an official non for profit uh, support initiative. Um, I'm in conversations to try and get some funding for it as well so we can really sort of kick it on and and change it to be fair because I think everything has to change you get to a point where it just can't continue in the same vein as what it is at the moment so I I would like to you know continue it uh, because this pandemic is is you know as much as we're coming to the close of it um you know the mental well-being of of people we're, we're probably well we're definitely going to see a massive impact of that you know, for years to come. So I could maybe I can see it changing into something else. But what I will say is that these support groups are so important because we, we've got, you know, 17 volunteers gave their time. We had 16 people out of that out of work. We're all back in work. I'm not saying it's because of furlough or, or the support group, but it's given people that sense of purpose, that time, that um, that goal that, you know, to uh, aspire to and confidence. Um, so I really do hope that we see more and more support groups and community groups popping up along the way because it really does make a positive impact on uh, the job searcher. I think that's absolutely right. And, it, you know, one of the things that we, we've been talking about with the REC board, uh, we've just done a sort of halftime strat- a review of our strategy, uh, which we set for 2019 to 2023, um, is, you know, how do we how do we support and help recruiters to talk to each other whether it's things that we deliver or it's um uh it's things that we support like some of the initiatives you've put in around furlough i think that as we look at that it's really important that we don't forget the lessons that we've learned over the last year and that you know while no one would have looked for the pandemic or the chaos frankly it's caused in our economy and in our lives that some of the good stuff that we found that we we hold on to and maybe just bear in mind in in a more uh sort of reflective way as we go into whatever the new economy brings us absolutely you know it's um it's made me think you know differently um about my life you know uh, how i want to work moving forward so my furlough was recorded in, in, in August, um, but I decided at that point that I wanted to make a change. And, you know, it was a it was a big, big moment for me to be brave and, you know, hand my notice in and, and decide to set up something else. You know, my own recruitment business, Talent Today. Um, so I, th- I see a lot of people doing the same. I really do see people taking this moment, taking a breather and thinking, right, what what do what lessons have we learned and, and what can we do differently moving forward? And that's what I'm trying to introduce into this year. You see, I always love it when a guest takes the conversation where I thought it was going anyway. So let, let, let's have a have a chat about what you're doing with talent today. I think this is really interesting. You, we, we know that uh, at this point in the cycle, people are thinking about starting up new businesses, thinking about new opportunities. What's been going through your head as you kind of think about the business that you're trying to build and maybe the key things you think are going to be important to success in this new market? I believe that it's it's, it's all about, it's not all about profit, it's about purpose, you know, giving something back. So, you know, the, 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 the business that um, I've created is being basically built by the Furlane community. So we hosted a, a session uh, where I interviewed 40 job searchers and 20 hiring managers and asked them specifically, what is it you want from a recruitment business? What is it you like? What is it you don't like? 
Um, and from that feedback, you know, we, we set up a, um, we, we created everything effectively, like the, the video approach to how we want to do recruitment, the automation, even the, um, our values were created by the, 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 the community. So the, the, our values are a code, that's our superpower, which is community, opportunity, diversity and empathy. You know, that, that is powerful because, you know, that has come from what the needs of the job searcher and the hiring manager are. So it, that was probably the best decision I think I made along the way was to um, to exactly ask what people want, you know, right now for a, a, a recruiting business moving forward. I think that's right. And if you, if I think back to some of the discussions we've had with HR directors on the client side over the last year, you know, they'll routinely say um, that their problems have changed. Um, and the, as in the problems that they're trying to solve have changed. And with that, what their pain points are in in the process of talent acquisition and onboarding. So asking the question, getting close to clients, a big REC theme in terms of where we're advising uh, members to go with their uh, their businesses, just to understand how that change has happened. And also, you know, we talk a lot about purpose based businesses, diversity. You mentioned your uh, your your focus there. Um, I think getting clarity on that from clients and and reacting to that and changing the the service offer is really important uh, to to meet that. But one of the things I wanted to pick up on and dig a bit deeper on is I know you're doing lots of great work with video. Many REC members are lots of thinking about the next stage of technology. But it seems to me that you're talking about a business which is tech enabled, but led as a human service. Um, given where your your purpose and values are yeah absolutely I, I see very quickly you know if you said you know six months time you say you've got a, a video focused recruitment business everybody's going to be going well we've got video tech it's how i think it's going to be how you utilize it um and i think that's going to be a bit of a journey for the recruiter to go on over the years uh because i don't think everybody is comfortable to fully conduct a video interview with somebody um, I think there was going to be, it will almost be deemed quite lazy when you see the prompts coming up on the screen and the questions. And, and that's something at the very beginning I've decided to do. Where, where I see it going, uh, personally for myself, is, you know, I, I see um, it not being not just about the video process, but also how do we look after your, you know, the people that we're putting in moving forwards, but how do we look after your employee, all of your employees as well? You know, so we're almost creating more of an ecosystem as to what more can we do as a recruitment company? And that's something that I'm exploring at the moment, which is fortunately I've had the, the benefit of, of, you know, using Furlearn, for instance, uh, to uh, understand exactly how, uh, you know, what you can actually use to help businesses, you know, lift the morale of their uh, of their employees to get better performance out of them. So that ecosystem point, I think, is absolutely vital. That kind of trusted advisor we've talked of for years in terms of where you want to be as a as a recruitment business, certainly as a recruitment business leader with your your key clients. How open are the businesses that you're talking to to that idea that your recruiter might also be doing other things in your business linked to workforce planning? Because that seems to me to be a bit of the secret sauce for us as an industry. Uh, you can get workforce planning work done by all sorts of businesses. Your classic big four accountancy firm consultancy practice will do it for you. And it will cost, probably cost a lot more than than this, a service provided by, uh, by a, a skilled uh, professional recruitment firm. 
So, you know, are you seeing appetite for that amongst potential clients and current clients? Absolutely. Um, on the, the mental health side, I think definitely. I think there's other options as well that you can that we can put into it. But I, I, I truly believe the mental health side of it is, um, you know, hugely key. You know, um, um, I really hope as well, you know, that, you know, recruitment software providers, you know, as well, you know, they they start thinking about that, that element of it, uh, you know, within their the, within the uh, system that you're working in, that there's a button that you can press that can maybe give you some some support that, you know, if you're having um, a, a tough day in the office or if you just need a breather or something like that, that there's, there's more support available. You know, it's extremely tough at the moment where we're in a bit of a, uh, a moment where we're kind of working from home. We're maybe going to be thinking about returning to the office. People are panicking about, you know, having to go back on the underground again and all of that commute. So, um yeah, I, I really think there's so much more, you know, recruitment businesses can offer, you know, we've got some really good skills. Let's be honest, we're good skilled people. You know, there's so much more that we we can offer other than just putting, you know, a person into a seat. Um, and that is exactly right now. I'm, I'm currently in planning stage at the moment um, to to work out exactly what more can, um, you know, can, can talent today provide, you know, other than, you know, doing the video interviewing for you, you know, what more, what more can we do? Because I believe we can do so much more and we're just at the beginning. That's interesting. So what's the, what would satisfied Gary be like in a couple of years time? What would talent today be doing in a couple of years time that would leave you looking back going, yeah, we've really shifted the needle on this? I think um, it would probably look on a bit more than two years. Um, but, I, but I know you guys have worked um, heavily on, you know, trying to get the uh, the sector like fully regulated, right? So I'd love to at some point see and maybe be a part of um, helping to actually make the recruitment sector professional service. So it is in America, it's deemed as a professional service. Um, and, and, you know, um financial services for instance you have to be regulated you have to be qualified to become a financial accountant or a financial advisor i would love to see that at some point that the recruitment sector goes towards you know goes goes that way um and and you know that there's something which is built which can actually um you, you, it's rubber stamped you know it's rubber stamped by rec for instance you know that you it's and i know you can be a rec member but just something which if you want to perform as a recruitment agency, you know, you have to be a rec member, for instance, or something else. I think this, there's multiple routes to achieving that professional service standard. And, and obviously it has to be uh, driven by businesses themselves in the sector. But that piece around professional standing um, and really driving for establishing what we've shown in the last year that the sector is mature it is uh highly skilled it is a professional service i think actually we we've demonstrated as an industry some behaviors that probably now we just need to find ways to effectively accredit and that's certainly on our mind at the REC, when we think about the future of REC Professional, our uh, our professional institute, um, which I think is going to be um, highly linked to to what members want to see, and it's a discussion we're going to have with them over the, the months and years to come. Well, Gary, I mean, the most important thing to say is to wish you all the best for for the journey with the new business, and uh, I, I hope it's a, a successful one and one that. Uh, 
that interests and engages as well as uh, you as well as being profitable thank you so much for having me on the uh, the podcast today we, we yeah on the, the, the talent today side it started well so far we're making placements so that's the main thing um and yeah thanks so much for today i've really enjoyed it where can people find out a bit more about the business if they if they want to read on yeah if they want to learn a little bit more they can go to the website which is talenttoday.co.uk or they can find me on linkedin look for the bold recruiter gary wills um and yeah i'm, I'm available anytime um if you've got any questions fantastic thank you very much gary and thank you to all of you for joining us on this edition of the rec podcast talking recruitment we'll be back soon with another episode if you've enjoyed this one you'd like to dig in a bit deeper on some other issues the whole range of uh, podcasts from uh, public uh, policy campaigning uh, the rec's work on recruitment and recovery uh, through to uh, legal issues and uh, business leader interviews like uh, we've just had with Gary. Do dig in there and uh, I hope to uh, see you uh, plug in again to another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Join me for another episode soon and check out our back catalogue at rec.uk.com to catch up on some other fantastic discussions that are really helpful for recruiters. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So subscribe to REC Podcasts to never miss an episode.